Hey everybody, welcome back to the Contractor Soapbox Podcast. My name is Robert Tidwell. Again, I am the host. And I own Midland Landscape and Design out of Michigan. So, today I'm not going over, I guess you could say, uh, a big topic or anything. I'm just going to kind of go over a, a larger job that we've been on for Today marks week number two of the job, and hopefully we're done here in the next couple of days. We should be done <clears throat> by Thursday, uh, today being September 20th, 2022. It's a Tuesday, so hopefully we, we are done Wednesday, or not Wednesday, but Thursday of this week. Possibly go a little bit into Friday, but it wouldn't even be all of us. So... It's a it's definitely a larger job uh, than what we normally do, or I guess you could say. It, so the aspects of it are pretty much the same that we always do, but it's just on a larger scale. We've got a couple different uh, phases or jobs you could say going on with it. Uh, first one being, so there is all existing patios, and it's all raised walkways patios. And then there's this weird kind of raised garden bed with a patio in the middle of it uh, with some very large boulders uh, as rock bed in the rock beds in this area. And it's very strange. The boulders, when I say they're very large, they're probably, oh, if I were to guess probably between three and four ton, maybe more on one of them at least, as far as weight goes. One of them probably is more because it's about six feet tall and three and a half feet wide. This thing is huge. Uh, they actually asked me if we could move it with our skid steer. I didn't feel too comfortable with it, and it seems pretty set in place where it is, which they were fine with it. They only wanted to move it for, well, they didn't really give much of a reason, but we're putting a tree next to it. So anyways, so the weird area is gone. They decided that they don't want it. They had grand plans 20 years ago when they had this whole thing built to have these elaborate uh, landscaping done and everything, and, and it didn't get done. So they're having, they had us tear it out. Originally went there, and they wanted stamped concrete, because the whole patio and walkway and all this sort of stuff is falling apart. There's a couple reasons why I saw that it was falling apart, but they wanted stamped concrete originally. And I managed to sell them on just doing pavers again, but having it installed properly. So they eventually went for it. They assume that all pavers are the same, even though, well, I mean, all all pavers are pretty much the same. They're concrete. But what they assumed was as far as the construction goes and the quality of them, they're all the same. And that's obviously just not true. Uh, they started having issues with weeds growing in between them. You know, it was falling apart. He said two years afterwards, one of the steps that they had uh, custom made out of this wall block from Home Depot, I think it was, or some sort of big box store. And then the pavers, though, looked like they were Unilock, so they got them from, I'm assuming, some sort of supplier. But anyways, um, that's why they wanted the stamped concrete, because they didn't want to deal with the headache that they had before. I'm really against stamped concrete. I'm against 
concrete in general, unless you're doing like a driveway, you know, something like that. I rather have a paver patio, paver walkway. It looks nicer. You can definitely do more designs with it. But my biggest thing is here in Michigan, we go through the heave and thaw cycle. The concrete heaves, the concrete drops back down when everything thaws. It causes it to crack. Certainly, if it's just four inches of concrete with no rebar or anything in it, it's going to happen. So when you have that repaired, you're always going to know that that area was repaired or replaced. Like I tell everybody that I initially go out for stamped concrete or regular concrete on, I always tell them, listen, you're always going to know that. We live in Michigan. It's going to crack. The way we see it, nine times out of ten with concrete is, there is concrete that is going to crack or has cracked. And with pavers, if one does crack, which we've had two crack, and those two were on the same job, and we've been open here in Michigan since 2016, we've had those two crack since 2016, and honestly, I think they were just bad pavers that had a fracture fracture in them when they were installed, and we just didn't catch it last year when we installed them. It cracked over the winter time this past winter. We went out there, we replaced them. Nobody ever knows that those are new pavers. You replace or repair concrete, you know it's new. So anyways, the the front walkway, it's about 65 feet long. It had some weird circle kits. Um, it, it went on an angle and then another angle and then a step and a landing and a step and a landing. It's very strange how it initially was. The guys, they ended up finding out that everything at this job with the raised, they had at least four block in the ground, even though it was only, most of the stuff is six to eight inches above grade. That much block underground is definitely not needed. Um, I can only imagine the people that installed it, how much they went through to install this much block that wasn't needed. But anyways... They, we got it all out. We get the patio or the walkway starting to install it. There's also a little flower bed that goes next to it. Great. And the flower bed, again, it's mainly just a rock bed because they're not going to plant anything. We're using a uh, specialty, not really a specialty, but more of a decorative than your standard river rock. It's called um, Spanish tile. It's just crushed Spanish tile. It's also It can also be seen as terracotta. So... We use Teco products for this project. We've got it raised with uh, using Roca wall, and it it turns out pretty good. Uh, you can actually look at our Instagram page. We've been taking some pictures. I need to post more on there. Um, kind of got behind on posting just because I've been out on this job and there's no service out there, so there I can't really post as we go. And then I get home and forget about it because I'm working on other things. So anyways, we've got this this front walkway. It is, by the time we're done, it's going to be about four inches after we get all the grading and everything. Maybe a little bit less than that in some areas just with trying to make everything fit with the grading because the weird area is getting taken out. We're grading that out as well like it was never there. We're adding a couple trees. Uh, some We've got a 
one single stem and one multi-stem red point going in that area as some nice shade trees and it gives a little more privacy along the driveway for these these customers or this customer so they can enjoy that now when we did the the uh, the raised portion the walkway portion we went down I think it was about eight inches yep it was eight inches we went down for excavation put eight inches of gravel compact it and just keep on going till we hit our height with the laser and you know have your slope and everything like that so then we level out the walls we fill inside the the raised portion of the walls with more gravel by the time it's said and done with i think they ended up with at least 12 inches i don't have the math in front of me so i don't know for sure but at least 12 inches of base pretty much underneath the pavers so then we install the Victorians from Teco, which is like a Holland stone, chocolate brown. And then we install the Teco block blue sixties smooth in HD two. Um, I, and when they say smooth, I will say they are some of the smoothest pavers I think I have ever used. So on to the back, very weird setup. They've got grade variations all over the place. Um, it took quite a while to, to shoot grade and find our numbers as far as the laser goes and, and figuring all of that out. But again, back there, the people before us had some weird stuff going on with landings and steps and circle kits and very strange. Another little rock bed surrounding some areas. Get that taken care of. So we... We did the same thing, except back there, one of the guys that works for us, um, he has a hard time, I guess, viewing or seeing, getting like a good depth perception. So he did the excavation back there and went down way too deep. But I will say by the time we're done here, you may be able to drive a semi-truck on top of this thing with how much base is underneath it. There is an area, I believe, that has at least... Oh, just just under the the walls, um, I believe it has. Geez, probably right around eighteen inches of gravel. Now we use six AA limestone. That's what it's called in our area, uh, but it's pretty much number six limestone. It's washed, no uh, no fines in it, because we use an open graded system. And this whole area is sitting on top of sand. So we don't have to worry about the clay as far as driving the, the aggregate down into it, into the uh, subsoil there. And it's very well drained, so we don't have to worry too much about that, which is definitely different. Most of our projects we have are a lot of clay, and at that point I would say you need to be putting down uh, the SS5, the woven base stabilization fabric underneath your base and most of the time you still have to drive the aggregate into the ground or into the soil before you put that fabric down as well so anyways we do the same process there we ran into a a couple hiccups i will say there uh one of them being i did not think about the grade variations and the ac unit was right in our way and with how great should actually be compared to how it was in the 
cobbled mess that was going on in the existing, we ended up to where our grade was going to be oh, about two inches taller than the base of the AC. So I talked to the customer, let him know what's going on. He said the guy that installed the AC or the company that installed the AC is no longer in business. The owner had retired. He asked me if I could help him out, find somebody, get him out there and get it disconnected for a couple of days and then come back and they'll connect it again. Did so. Um, I, I've known a guy for quite a few years that owns an HVAC company uh, about six miles from me in another town. And I called him up and he sent a guy out there two hours later to get it taken care of. Great. He'll be back tomorrow morning to install it for us because that area is free and clear. Pavers are installed. Great. So the other issue we ran into is the steps. So we've got steps coming down from the driveway, steps coming down from the man door in the garage, steps coming down from the deck on two sides, and then another step coming down from the patio on the highest point down to the lawn. The, the grade variations were so weird, I guess you could say, that the step coming out of the garage, the man door, and the step coming off the driveway, which is about six inches from the garage, had, I think it was about a six-inch difference in grade. Little strange, so we had to make that work. And then there's a little rock bed that goes next in between those two steps. So just trying to make all the walls and steps and everything work out, it was definitely a headache. Great thing about the steps, though, installing them, if you're installing more than one step using Broca steps from Teco, is you can use the wall portions, so the wall block, as your space behind the step. So if you're installing two steps, like we have in one area, you put down your first one, you put your smallest Roka wall block behind it, and then on top of it, you can put your next step. If you're doing three, you just add the mediums or whatever is needed. Um, so you do small, medium, and then if you're adding more, you use the large ones that they have as well. So that actually works out really nice. You're not cutting steps to make it all fit and form because we have always found that whenever you install steps, um, you're not using wall block that somehow matches up to it. So you got to cut the step. But when you're using Roka steps, you get the Roka wall. You know, let's say that you are using a different wall block somewhere else on the property, or maybe you're not using wall block at all for some reason. If you get the Roka steps, make sure to just get a pallet of the Roka wall. It will save so much time, and you're not trying to cut stuff with the gas saw because you won't... You can't cut a step with the IQ saw. Yeah, I guess you could try, but it's definitely not something you want to do. So just get the Roka, the Roka wall, get a pallet of that or how much ever you need if your supplier can sell you, you know, half a pallet because the pallets for the Roka wall are not very big. I think they're only about 22 square feet. So it's not like there's a ton of it there. I think it's three, maybe four rows. And then they're four wide.
So, anyways, then at the end, towards the end of the day, the guys started on one of the final phases that actually got added on about day three or four of this project, which is a 14-foot circle fire pit. Well, the the fire pit's not a 14-foot, but the patio surrounding it has a 14-foot diameter. So today, I actually had to run down to my supplier that's about an hour and a half away, pick up the, uh, we use, for this one, we're using a uni um, sunset fire pit, which is the Brussels block, circle, three layers high, three courses high, and um, we'll get that installed tomorrow because the the uh, limestone base is already down. That one, because of the area that it was in, I did end up putting the SS5 fabric down before we put down the base. Uh, just the, the soil, the way it was compacting, the way it felt, I didn't feel too comfortable not putting down the fabric, so we went ahead and did it. Honestly, we've always got this stuff with us in our job site trailer, and, and it was worth just throwing it down. And it happened that we had just enough in the trailer. Nobody had to run to the shop or anything like that for it. Which, plus side to this job as well, the shop is three miles away from the job site. Doesn't happen a lot for us, actually, because we are in such a rural area that we live in. Our shop is at our house. Um, most of our jobs are about 15 miles away, I think it is. Um, takes about 20 minutes to get there. So it's been actually pretty nice to be able to only be three miles down the road from the shop if needed. Um, we do dump quite a bit of stuff on our property as far as uh, soil that gets excavated and everything. So that's been a big help. Downside to it is suppliers are pretty far away. So on this job, even even though we had a lot of base to be brought in, I think we ended up bringing in 55 tons of 6A limestone or 6AA limestone. Um, it took quite a bit. We had it delivered. Now, when we are in our normal area for this type of work, we will go and get it if it's only a couple dump trailer loads uh, because we have a dump trailer. And a lot of times we have we have a few suppliers in that city, and a lot of times that supplier is five minutes down the road. Guy can jump in the truck, and if he's pulling out concrete, because we do pull out a lot of concrete patios or old walls or old paver patios, and these places are suppliers in that area, a lot of times they'll just take that for free. They run it through their crusher, and now they use it as recycled concrete, which is great for driveways and many other things but this one being 50 tons and even if we were in that city 50 tons is quite a bit uh, when we're only carrying you know five tons in our dump trailer at a time you're better off just having it brought in factor in the delivery cost into your estimate for sure make sure it's there and then you're good to go you're not out any any more money and honestly you know it with 50 tons or 55 tons, whatever it is, you're going to lose so much production time by sending somebody to go get that, that it's just not worth it. The five minutes for them to drive in the other city, for them to drive there, we're losing about 15, 
20 minutes tops, depending on traffic or whatever construction's going on. That one we're okay with, but the other stuff, no, definitely not. So that's where we're at as of right now. Uh, we've got five Serbian spruces to put in tomorrow. And then I think it's five total red points that we're putting in because we're kind of splitting it up front and backyard. Um, three, three of them are multi-stems. I personally really prefer the multi-stems. I think they, they give a whole lot more fuller look. And in my opinion, they just look better in most places. There are some areas that, you know, you could use just a regular single stem, which we are using two single stems in some areas of this project then we'll get the grading done so we're going to use quite a bit of the fill that we've excavated for areas and then because there's quite a bit of areas where there's a lot of grade change the grade was kind of all over the place on this job like i mentioned before so we want to smooth that out and then you know put a layer of uh, topsoil or black dirt over top of it then we seed it put down a triple 19 seed starter on it and then it's kind of their responsibility after that to water it and make sure that the seed takes which we are coming towards the end of the season being September 20th so hopefully they do water it try to get some growth out of it before it gets too much colder here um, I know that it is going to get colder I think they said Thursday's high is only 50 degrees compared to today was like 78 degrees. So that's pretty much where we're at there. Tomorrow again, they also got to um, put down the weed barrier and the, the new rock beds, put down the rock. We've got approximately nine tons of that going in, which nine tons of Spanish tile is quite a bit of it just because it is so lightweight. Um, it's not like your river gems or your river rock or whatever they call it. Um, or the, I think it's also known as 6A natural. That stuff is much heavier than the Spanish tile. So six tons doesn't really get you very far at all with that. So that's where we're at with that job. After this, we'll have a couple small jobs, getting a mini skid. Um, I got to go pick it up. We don't actually own one. I would love to own one, but... We don't right now. Uh, and if I had to choose, it'd be a ditch witch, uh, 1550. My problem with it right now is, well, production of them is pretty low from what I understand. And then also the cost of them. Uh, last I had heard, I think it was about seventy to $75,000 for a 1550. And our T66 Bobcat was $85,000, which is, that one hurt a little bit. Uh, certainly because we were not planning on spending that much money on a track loader when we originally said that we were going to get a Kubota 75. But here we are, super glad that we got the T66. Uh, we ended up, one thing I did forget about, well, a couple of things. We've run into hiccups on this job. By hiccups, I mean things breaking. So... Uh, we had our pavers delivered. I think it was a total of like 32 pallets of Teco pavers block and then a partial pallet of the polymeric sand, which we use the polybind. 
I know a lot of guys are going to the Nitro. I've used Nitro. Not a fan. Uh, it uses a lot. It takes a lot of time to put it in. And I just, I wasn't real pleased with it. And it could have just been the project that I was using it on. It wasn't even a, a patio that we had installed. It was one that was already installed by a previous contractor. And we, um, we just went out and cleaned it and sanded it. And then we had also, I believe we had also sealed it as well. So anyways, um, issue that we had first one was they're unloading the semi truck that brought in all the pallets with the T66 and it pops a hydraulic leak. I wasn't too pleased about it because at the time I think it only had like 180 hours on it and wasn't real happy about it, but brought out some hydraulic fluid because I was actually in the office when that happened. So Matt gave me a call and I ran up there and got him some hydraulic fluid. We filled it up, got the job, got the truck unloaded. So I called our local dealer and the one that we had bought the Bobcat from and told them what was going on. They said, well, we can't get out there for probably two weeks. That I really wasn't happy about, but I understand people are backed up. Everybody's backed up. You can't find labor. You can't, all that sort of mess. But then they called me back 45 minutes later and said, you know what? We will be out tomorrow morning at 7 o'clock. And it was like 3 or 3.30 at the time. I was happy with that. The guy coming out called me and said, hey, I will be out there at 6.30 even. I said, well, it's on a residential job site. Maybe you don't want to do that. He said, okay, no problem. I'll be out there at 7. He was out there at 7. He fixed the leak, which apparently is a known issue and it's got something to do with the fittings because they don't use O-rings and he tightened it down and it's fixed. So he fixed that, but while he was out there, needed some updates, which I was not aware of these machines needing updates on their computer like a truck or a car does nowadays, but apparently they do. So he said it needed to be updated, so that's what he did as well. And by 8 o'clock, we were ready to roll again and out. So that was definitely a plus side, and you know it really showed the the appreciation that the dealer had for its customers, because I've only bought one piece of equipment from them, and somehow they made it work that I call it three three thirty that day. They're out at seven o'clock the next morning to fix the issue, um, so I was extremely happy with that. Other issue that we ran into couple days after the t66 issue is one of our guys uh less experienced we'll say he's uh worked for us for a few months now but he uh came back to the shop and was going to dump the the dump trailer that had a whole bunch of excavated material in it and for some reason, I forget what the exact reason was, but he did not chain the doors when he went to dump it. He just opened them. So when he did that, the doors got destroyed because all the dirt comes flying through and 
and the doors get bent and they're pretty solid steel so it's not something that you can bend back so i call first place that sells load trail closest to me they don't he says well i have the right door well that doesn't help me because i need the left door as well to be able to close these so then he so then i called their sister site that i had actually been to the day before to get some wider ramps for our skid steer trailer and they managed to have them he said that he buys them a large quantity of them i guess in the beginning of the year because this happens quite a bit now i will say this is not the first set of doors we've broken um i actually made a mistake last year and tried to slide a pallet of pavers back that were so far up the dump trailer that we couldn't hook a chain on it so I thought oh if I can get it to slide back six inches then we'll be good to go well it slid more than six inches when it blew through the set of doors and destroyed them so anyways we know how to replace doors no big deal I just had to drive an hour and a half to go get them and then an hour and a half back and then we all put them on the next morning because by that time everybody by the time I got back Everybody was was done for the day anyways. So those are the two issues that we've had. Um, one thing I will ask, maybe somebody has some information on this. So we're running into an issue of only having one dump trailer. And the rest of the stuff we have, we, our diesel has a flatbed on it. You know, that's what normally hauls the dump trailer. Uh, we've got a long bed uh, GMC gasser, it's a 13, I believe, and then we've got the 22 Bram as well. Uh, that's just a regular pickup truck as well, it's just tradesman, you know, pickup. So, only having the dump trailer has become an issue as far as taking material out, getting material in, things like that. Uh, for our number nines, or here they call it H1 Core Stone, um, some other people may call it something else. Uh, either way, it's our bedding layer stuff for our open graded base. We cannot usually get delivery on that from our supplier, um, so we have to get that brought in, or sometimes you know we have to get more dirt or whatever it may be. It's becoming an issue. So Vicky and I have been talking about this for a long time. Uh, not, I guess not a long time, but for a good majority of the year, what are we going to do? Well, it's possible that I had a, I could still buy it possibly. We'll see. But it's a Chevy 5500, but it's a 2004 with like 270,000 miles on it. It's a box truck currently. We've thought about putting a switch and go system on there or just a regular dump body on there and having that as another dump option. The downside to it is that 5500 Chevy, if I hook one of our trailers to it, we are now in CDL territory. Now, I think it would be awesome to have a CDL. But it takes time, it takes money, and I cannot be the only one with a CDL. Uh, and if I'm not around or I have to be in the office, then that's an issue that that trailer can no longer be hauled by a... Hold on one second. That trailer can no longer be hauled by that truck. 
Hold on one second. Okay, sorry about that. Uh, I was just sitting here at my desk and the customer that I'm talking about the project with had a simple question um, about steps on the back patio. So just had to reply to that and then I wanted to see if we could speak with her in the morning real quick uh, just to clarify the tree placement real quick. So where was I? Oh, so the dump trailer, dump truck issue. So that's the issue that we're running into there. Uh, we've also thought about getting like a 350 or 450 with just the dump. Um, the problem I have with that is from my understanding, I can only put at most three tons of gravel or whatever it may be in that dump truck. That really doesn't help me out a whole lot. So what I'm thinking about and hopefully some of you have heard of these things because I, Vicki and I had run into them uh, when we went to GIE years ago. Uh, we've only been once. It was back in, I think, 17. But anyways, we came across this trailer. It's called the Ultimate Dump Trailer. It is made by B-Wise, and they seem to... They seem to have a pretty good handle on on how this works. It's pretty versatile. Uh, it holds quite a bit of yardage if you're doing mulch. Um, from what I understand, it holds about five ton of material, which is pretty close to maybe a little bit more than than what our 14 foot load trail holds right now. So, if any of you have any suggestions or advice on this, um, one of the issues that like I said, we run into is we don't, we're trying to stay out of CDL territory. Um, if we can, and then, you know, the other issue we have is our diesel's getting old. Uh, every 5,000 miles, this thing, this thing seems to cost like 15 to 1,500 to $2,000 to fix, uh, which is quite frustrating. Um, for some reason, it always seems to be uh, Matt or myself driving this thing whenever it happens. Uh, one time it actually, I was like three hours away trying to go pick up the flatbed for it and it it went into tractor mode. Um, even though the injectors have all been replaced and if you know what tractor mode on a Duramax is, it, it's no fun. Uh, it drops down to four cylinders. It sounds like a tractor. And that's because one injector on one side goes out and then it shuts down all four on that side or something. So we're thinking that we're going to have to replace that truck soon as well. And with truck prices these days, I mean, the chip shortage has definitely caused an issue, but I feel like there's definitely more going on there that's causing the the prices to, to go up. And I know they've gone down a little bit on the used market but we're trying to also stay away from too used, you know, maybe something still under the 100,000 mile range at least. And I also, like I've said before, if you want to hear it, I, I talked about trucks and equipment on another podcast. I think it was episode three. Not a huge fan of buying diesels unless it's a very large truck. So that's kind of where I'm at there. If you have any suggestions on what we could do there. Uh, we're trying to, to increase some more efficiency because that's our, that's our main goal. A lot of the time is increase efficiency, efficiency. So you can message me on Instagram again, it's mid and landscape design on Instagram, or maybe it's mid and landscape and design. Let me check real quick. 
just get on my cell phone here and see what we got. Mid and landscape design, no and. So just send me a message on there. Give me some advice if you've got any on that. And, and then we can go from there. All right. So until next Wednesday, have a good week. And you'll hear from me then. Thanks.